This podcast is part of the National Archives Voices of the Armistice campaign, commemorating 90 years since the end of the First World War. Hear more voices at nationalarchives.gov.uk forward slash armistice. Part 3 of 5. My name is William Spencer. I'm the Principal Military Specialist at the National Archives at Kew. WO 95-1495. In accordance with Field Service Regulations of 1909 Part 2, it was the responsibility of all units in the field to keep a day-to-day account of their activities. These records are known as Unit War Diaries. In accordance with King's Regulations, it was not allowed for individuals to keep their own personal diaries whilst in the front line. What follows are extracts from such diaries, which are, in many cases, very unusual. September the 1st, 1914. Tuesday. The clock of St. Severs Church has just chimed five. This clock chimes twice. We had to act as an escort to two chaps who were found in our lines, and of course it was a good walk to the general's house. And when we returned, we were stopped and not allowed to proceed to our own lines as the whole place was in a ferment, so we slept in the shadow of the church. My feet are very painful. I can just manage to shuffle along now. We reached our own lines at about 8am again, and from here we had to run again. It's too terrible. One feels absolutely done up in heart, soul and spirit. This is the ninth day of it. I wonder if we shall finish at all. We are still retreating back towards Paris. The awful box-up of movements cannot be described. We have no good officers left. Our NCOs are as useless as women. Our nerves are all shattered and we don't know what the end will be. Death is on every side, and to meet it I'm not afraid, because it will all be ended then. No one can describe how one feels. It's an empty void in oneself, and care is forgotten. To get away from the guns is our effort, and to do this one must walk. Walk hard, hour on hour. This is written at 12pm on the hillside. Heavy guns are firing salvos, but whose they are we don't know. May peace soon be here, and we poor unfortunate 11th Brigade safe, at least for a time, behind fortified walls. 4pm. We've seen a fearful sight in Verbury. A whole battery of artillery and cavalry wiped out. Dead men, wounded, horses blown to rags. Yet we gaze without hardly a shudder, because death is so often now beside us. We have stolen a half hour's rest, and have changed our clothes, i.e. shook them out and had a rub down. We are just off again, still going southwards. We wandered round many miles, and passed through Ruley at 6pm. We were the last of the infantry to go through here, and as we stood and watched a great artillery duel between the French and Germans, we slept in the straw with the SLI till 2pm when we had to leave. September the 2nd, 1914. Wednesday. We are now in a village and are just going to have some tea. We have had a quiet time as yet, but every minute we expect to be disturbed. My feet are so bad I cannot walk much farther. We are still hanging on in this place, sitting still, hearing all kinds of rumours, putting all nerves in a jangle, which is worse than anything else I have ever experienced. It is a strain, a minutely expectation for to hear the whiz and burst of shrapnel. How we all hate this stuff. We will face anything else, but this stuff is rotten. We ourselves think we are hard done by, but what must it be for the Germans who it is reported are losing hundreds daily? There is a terrific, rapid cannonade going on our right. There is a report of a division of cavalry and two batteries of German RHA round here which have been cut off. The report is quite true, 
We're still waiting on them now at Beau Martin at 7.50pm. I've just had a spanking feed up of all sorts. We have to do another night march now. We left Beau Martin at 10am and marched to the transport. No shots fired at us all day. September 3rd, 1914. Thursday. Have just had our dinner in a field south of Ligny. We marched from 10am last night to 12pm today. We've had enough of this. The first gun has just gone, and here around this place will be fought a great battle, and let it soon finish. Before we reach this town, we pass thousands of poor refugees fleeing towards Paris in all sorts of conveyances and drawn by oxen, mules, dogs, goats, horses and by donkeys. Pitiful scenes, and they believe all is lost for France again. England has never seen war in her own land, and let us hope we never shall. I had a great treat today, a bathe in the moat of the chateau where we camp. It is the first time I've been fully undressed from August 9th. I made pals with the French troops who are here. They are grand men and kind, would give you their lives. The battalion arrived very tired and weary. All are pleased to get away to a place of peace for even a few hours. September 4th, 1914, Friday. I've had two cups of good French coffee from the soldiers of France. I've had a good night's rest and are now waiting for breakfast. We hope we are staying here for a day or two. We shift again at 4pm today to a place nearer the forts. It is very hot again. I am battalion postman and there are plenty of letters to deal with. We march to our new camp and reach there at 7.30pm and had all greats hope of a good rest at 11.45 when they said, get dressed, and away we had to go. September 5th, 1914, Saturday. We are halted here by the roadside and have been since 12am. We don't know where we are or where we go, we are worse off than sheep. Written at 2.30pm in the town of Gritz Armenvier, after nine and a half hours marching. We have once more been deceived again. For a fortnight we've been fed on lies, lying tales buoying us up with false hopes as to mileage and results of battles. They have told us our marches have been strategical. All lies, it is nothing more or less than a complete retreat, and for a fortnight we have had to flee, because we fear to be utterly outclassed and beaten. And now if we are attacked, what hopes we have we could not run a dozen yards, and the result would be bloody slaughter. Has the British public been told of our movements, of the disgraceful mistakes made by regiments? Not much, I guess. August 26th we began to retreat, and have not finished yet. Can flesh and blood stand this? No, there is even a limit to human endurance, and I have reached my limit, and to go farther or a time I cannot. We are alone here in this place as reserves. I hope all will be safe. September 6th, 1914. Sunday. For the first time we have made an advance, and have come back to where we began yesterday via Gritz Ferrier and Jossigny. There is a great battle in front of us. Guns are now booming far away, and we believe we hold the river against the advance. It is very hot here, makes our marching harder. There is an army corps in front of us, and I suppose we shall soon begin to fight again. More heart aching, foot slogging, till six or seven o'clock. This is the hardest part of the marches and counter-marches. We are in Villeneuve. September 7th, 1914. Monday. Villeneuve. I've had a very good night's rest here. Plenty of straw, and the only thing which spoils asleep is the very heavy dew which wets you through. But war is no picnic, so we have to bear it. We stood to arms from 4am to 4.30, and are now waiting for rations and breakfast. The Allied armies had a victory yesterday. At 10.30am we are still resting in the town of villeneuve le and I've just received some pay, 20 francs between three men, but I'm afraid we shall not be able to change it. 
It is again very hot. The sound of guns are silent. We heard them early this morning, but now all is quiet. The general told us of a victory last night and the retirement of the Germans. We trust this is true. We are still anxiously awaiting news and all eyes and hearts are longing for a definite engagement with Russia and France. We marched off at 11am and passed through the town of Cressy. Here, a poor old girl gave me a slice of bread, perhaps the last she had. It was very welcome and quite a change from biscuits. I had to come back to the transport as I can no longer walk and keep up. I steal a ride on the pole when I can now. We have halted till 3.40 now. The Germans passed through Cressy this morning. The heat and dust is awful. Africa could not have been any worse, and I am positive no harder. We came in striking distance again with guns, and have taken up an outpost line. Went to Kip at 7.30, lost our tea but slept well on the edge of a wood. September the 8th, 1914. Tuesday. Rose at 4am again and stood to arms at 4.30am. Have just put the water on for a drop of tea. Was much warmer sleeping where we did. No dew. Have at present heard no guns. At 9am we were resting in the village of La Haute Maison. Guns are booming away to our right front. The French are again in touch. I've passed blood in quantities just now. I must be very careful now or I should be bad, which I hope I will not be. There is a marvellous sight all round us. Troops everywhere, coming in all directions. Wagons, supplies, guns, everything. What a deal of brains must be needed to move even our little army. Wheels working in wheels, all doing their own small piece, and in perfect unison. We get plenty of food, thank God, and the French people will give you their last crust. Our diet is varied. Apples, pears, biscuits, water, wine, whiskey, bully beef, tea, plums, all sorts raw carrot and some potatoes. A French family told me that for four days they had lived on potatoes. I gave them a few of my biscuits, and in return they gave me whiskey for my inside, which has done it good. We are now in reserve, right in the rear of the whole army, and are having a fairly easy time, but we are always ready for instant action, and I've put our trust in God. It's surprising how men have realised how they stand, and close death walks with them. We are now just outside Signy Signy. I am with the transport again. I am unable to keep up. We have passed over a battlefield. Many of our wounded have gone by us. The Germans are said to be in retreat, and we hope it's true. My inside is none too good now. We had a slight engagement again in the neighbourhood of Jouar, and our artillery gave it them very heavy. I saw a house which had been looted by Germans. They had torn and stripped and smashed everything. Cruel devils. I hope Russia is doing the same in their own land. We slept under cover of a barn roof, and it was fairly warm. Rained hard. This podcast is a recording of extracts taken from records at the National Archives and is a copyright of the Crown. <laughs>